Hey everybody, welcome to the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. I'm John Burke, and with me from across the pond, uh, flying over in his broomstick from Hogwarts itself, yeah. is Matt Hudson from whatiwatchtonight.co.uk. Matt, how you doing, sir? My friend, the, the broom is seeing me well this, this evening. Yeah, I'm doing very well, my friend. Uh, looking forward to... I'm interested in hearing your thoughts, as I am every week. But I'm interested in hearing your thoughts about tonight's film because I haven't, I have no idea what you think about it. But uh, before that, yeah, I'm, I'm doing very well, my friend. I've had a uh, busy week last week, but I need to know, how are you, my friend? Well, Matt, before I say anything, I got to say, Avada Kedavra! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean it. Um, <laughs> that line, man. Avada <laughs> uh, uh, So, you know. Something um, fell backwards when he said it. Man, uh, I, I am doing all right. Um, I, I have. Uh, it's i had testing uh i wasn't testing i was the testing administrator today uh, okay. which is always a stressful experience because uh there's so many things you're responsible for and anything going wrong could be detrimental so every i get very very anxious and i'm a i'm a very rules oriented person and sometimes i don't feel like every rule is clearly outlined or like something mm-hmm. will feel ambiguous to me and i don't like ambiguity when it comes to rules because if it's expected that I follow the rules, I want to know for sure what I'm supposed to do so that I can follow it. And so like, I always get super anxious and stressed out on days like today. Um, It went very smoothly and it usually does. I've been doing this for a long time and it usually goes smooth. I don't think I've ever actually had an issue. And maybe it's because I'm so anxious that I'm like overly analytical about everything or whatever. Um, But Every, it never fails. Like, I'm like, oh my God, I hate testing so much. I, I just, it's so much anxiety. And uh, the one scary thing I think too, is like you have a room full of students who you usually don't know. Yeah. And they're, they're stressed out, you know, cause they, they've been test, they have to test and testing is inherently stressful. Uh, some of them don't want to test, but they're still there or whatever. And uh, today in particular was a long day of testing. And so there's always that fear too. Like, what if there's just one kid who decides today's the day I mess up the world and start cursing or start a scene and like wreck the, t- like there's so many variables at play. And, uh, I, you know, uh, it, w- it went very smoothly. My students were all really cool. I knew a couple of them, but for the most part, they were new to me, but they were all very chill. Um, I try to have a very welcoming attitude with my students in general, like whether they're mine or just somebody new, I'm just going to be like, Hey, I'm glad you're here. It's not a, I'm not upset at you for being here. I'm, I'm, I actually, I hope we get to a chance to, to communicate and interact a little bit if the test is over. And, uh, I'd say it went very smooth, but it was like a, ooh, kind of a day today because of that. And, uh, a super long day. Um, I had a later lunch than normal. Like usually we have lunch at like 1230. Um, and I, my lunch was at one thirty today. So like by the time we got there, I was like, I am ready for my sandwich, please. Um, he's pooped. Yeah. So, uh, and then I got home. And we were, we were recording a little later than usual, but at least on the right day for once, because we've had to like reschedule days. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. But I, I did squeak in my, my, uh, my afternoon run, um, you know, uh, ran slash walked two miles uh, before recording. That's why I was a little late because I, I had to take a shower. Um, but yeah, uh, otherwise doing pretty well. How about yourself, Matt? How is everything? Yes, my friend, John Burton needs to be clean for the BAMP, but uh, yeah, yeah, back to work today after 10 days off, which is uh, which is always good fun, but uh, hey, I don't mind doing my job, so that's not too bad. Getting up early, however, uh, I'm always a fan. Of, I am not a morning person in the slightest, but hey, I do it for the, I do it for the dollar if I, if I really have to, but yeah, no, 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 my friend, uh, yeah, glad to hear that you're, you're out of the anxiety-fueled mania of your day, and hopefully, hopefully, 
tonight's film that we're going to talk about. Hopefully it makes you feel a little, a little bit better. This is, this is one that I saw a week earlier than yourself, which doesn't always happen yeah. here in Jolly Old Blighty. But uh, tell the world, John, what's going on tonight? Well, uh, if you didn't get all the Harry Potter references earlier, uh, here you go, folks. We're here to talk about Fantastic Beast colon The Secrets of Dumbledore. In fact, we should probably just remove the Fantastic Beast from the <laughs> yeah. title as uh, it's not really a relevant point at, at all. Um I mean, there is a plot point that's technically a beast, but it's sidelined. So uh, this is the newest film in the Wizarding World universe, which started with the Harry Potter franchise of eight movies. And now we're on movie three of the Fantastic Beast series um, that follows Newt Scamander. Uh, it is directed by David Yates, who, if I'm not mistaken, has done the last five Harry Potter movies. Uh, um, yes, he has. Yet. Or the Wizarding World movies, I guess is more accurate. Uh Unlike the original eight, J.K. Rowling has been writing the screenplays along with Steve Cloves for this movie. I don't know if Cloves has been on the other. I know that she's been writing the screenplays for the uh, the Fantastic Beast movies. Yeah, maybe that's the problem. Um, starring mm-hmm. Eddie Redmayne, Jude Law, Ezra Miller in all his glory, Dan Fugler, uh, Mads Mikkelsen, Callum Turner, Jessica Williams, and Allison Sudel, along with a few other people. Um, the the billing on the film is quite frustrating if you look at IMDb uh, because um, I'm going to forget her name, but she's the like important co-star in Catherine the first Waterston. There's her name, um, and she's still billed high on IMDb for this movie, but she is not really in it. Um, like uh, when I look at IMDb, she's showing up as like the fifth build, and she's mm-hmm. not in the movie really, folks. Um, certainly not to the level of being fifth build. Yeah, no, I mean she's ahead of like several of the people whose names I just read. Uh, The synopsis, Albus Dumbledore, you may know him if you've seen the other eight Harry Potter movies, assigns Newt and his allies with a mission related to the rising power of Grindelwald, um, who is now played by Matt Mickelson, not Johnny Depp, nor Colin Farrell in disguise. A 48% Rotten uh, Tomato Critic Score, 47 Metascore, that's a kind of rare for them to be that close together. Mm -hmm. Um, 6.7 IMDb User Score, it's kind of low, and a 3.0 on Letterboxd last we looked. Uh, this is currently only in theaters, although I, uh, following the Batman, I expect in uh, about two months it'll be on HBO Max. Um, so I love the first eight Harry Potter films. I was very late to the Harry Potter films. So I, I actually uh, saw Order of the Phoenix in the theater. That was the first one I saw in the theater. Um, I did watch the other four prior to seeing it in the theater, but that was like I'd watched them all pretty much within like a month window of order of the Phoenix coming out. That was when I got into the franchise. I did read all the Harry yeah. Potter books. Um, and, uh, at least the initial eight, I've not read cursed child. And I don't know if there's any other books outside of that. Um, but I read the, the first seven books. I uh, see, saw the first eight movies, big fan. Um, I've been very disappointed with fantastic beasts mostly. And I think I've talked about this on the podcast. I just wish we got what we were promised. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I wanted a movie about Newt's commander, chasing and or catching and or studying fantastic beasts. And we haven't really got that because the Harry Potter franchise decided that we needed another wizarding world universe where the lives of the wizards and muggles are at stake because of a wizard who is bigoted and hates people. Yeah. Um, This one really centers around that element. And uh, while some of the stuff is cool, um, it, it does feel a lot. Uh, there's a lot of moments that are, are kind of cheesy. Um, there is a, there is a beast that is important to the plot. I will say that. 
but it still doesn't feel like the movies that we were promised when they uh, you know said, hey, we're going to get this guy, News Commander, who wrote this book that was throwaway in the third movie, the best movie. Um, and now you want to see how the book was written, don't you? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, okay, but we're not actually going to show you that. Oh. And apparently in this movie, the book's already written. Yeah. Because the character references the book. I'm like, wait. Is that supposed to? I thought we were following him as he became the guy who wrote the book. The uh, book's already out, I guess. Um, I I did not hate this movie. I think it, it these are kind of mostly watchable because there's cool stuff in them. I, I love seeing the, the wizarding spells, even though they seem to violate all of their own rules. Like, at, at a drop of a hat. Like, how magic works in the wizarding world is completely crazy. Like, for example... We have seen wizards travel in a multitude of ways. We, you might yes. believe they need a port key, but apparently, no, no, you can just be somewhere because when uh, Dan Fogler's character, whose name is not going to come to me, um, Jacob, 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 meets the female witch, whose name I definitely do not know. Um, uh, Lily, I'll get the names for you. Sure, whatever. I guess that what Matt just said. She is outside <laughs> of his store. He turns around, walks in the store, and she's in the store. Yeah. That's not how we've seen wizards travel anywhere else, but apparently she can. And more to my point, earlier at the beginning of the film, we have to watch poor Newt hustle his butt up a mountain when I'm pretty sure he could just be at the top of the mountain. <laughs> like, Make sense of your own stuff. That's always going to be a complaint to me. If you want to go Blake Snyder, save the cat, he has a thing where he says double mumbo jumbo. If you, if you want me to believe something... You can't ask me to believe many things that are hard to believe. Like, you, you're already trying to convince me that we're in a wizarding world with rules, but apparently there are no rules. Um, do you have to say the spell to do the spell? Sometimes. Other times, no. And that is addressed in the book. I understand that. It doesn't mean it makes sense in the book either, everybody. Let's be real. It's all made up, and I, I get that. But consistency is important. And this movie, again, if you can get past all that, there's stuff happening that is kind of cool to look at for a few minutes. Then it's kind of not, um, Mads Mikkelsen is having, I think he's having fun. I like Mads as mm -hmm, Grindelwald. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, the attempt, um, of a love story in any capacity in this movie is, is si sideline to exposition. It's all just characters saying that they care about characters. Very little actually shown. Um, we're told one character uh, the reason they're in the predicament that they're in is because of love, but we don't actually see a flashback where we see them in love or anything to actually show us instead of telling us that a relationship existed. And I think that's always problematic. And that I think that's the, the essence of what's wrong with the fantastic B series is I feel like it's kind of heartless. I feel like it's just going through the checklist of are there are there wizards fighting? Yes. Are there characters on broomsticks? Yes. Is there a Hogwarts reference? Yes. Is is someone going to make a kind of cheesy joke about points being awarded to a, a house that has no relevance? Yes. You know, like they're just checking all the Harry Potter boxes, but yeah. there's no real love of what they're checking. It's just do we have these things that people expect? Yes. Great. We don't care about these characters. We don't care. And not that I think we, the fans, care. And I think that's why these movies aren't being revered because I don't think the writers do. I think this is just a cash grab. And you're going to get our money because it is entertaining enough. But it's not the elevated fantasy that I think it could be. And that's where I get really disappointed with it. Um, well said, my friend, uh, first and foremost. Um, 
because I, I saw this a week earlier. Actually, a question I've got to ask, actually, because last week, again, non-spoilers for those who want to know, but last week I said I didn't give anything away about the film, but I said I feel like, I think, and I believe, that this is a better film than The Crimes of Grindelwald, a, 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 a film which I didn't mind. Uh, do you think this is a step up from the last film? Um, I do, yeah. I do think it's a, a, okay. a much better... I think it's a correction from the last film. Yeah. The last film felt really tone deaf to what was going on. And, um, you know, there's stuff here that I still think is like, I don't, I, I don't get why you think this is what this should be. Like, I don't understand. Um, mm-hmm. and, and yet I, I, man, I like Jude law a lot. And I, I just think, I think he is, I think him as young Dumbledore is a cool idea. I don't think it's really, paying off well here but I, mm-hmm. I do think like i like him in the role i think it's an interesting concept to explore i don't know uh it's just missing something but yeah man that, that, that's it um i think this was better than the last film i actually didn't i, I like the first fantastic beasts film because it felt uh, it almost feels like quaint in comparison now because it features a lot of beasts yeah uh, the second film i second film i didn't mind on on second viewing it did lose some of that original lustre and i could see um the the threads unraveling somewhat, but this film though, I I, I had I, I thought this film was was utterly fine, pretty quite entertaining. In fact, um, I I quite enjoyed it. But yeah, it, it it's an oft used cliche. It's a pun. It it really does lack the magic without even mm. meaning to be funny. It does lack the yeah. magic of what made those. I don't I don't necessarily want a carbon copy of the Harry Potter series, but this is obviously yes. connective tissue. But it, it, it just feels like something's missing. Like there is a soul missing. Like you said, there's like a, there's a heart missing to these films. And that's the problem. And I think that's what stops them from being like, like, re- re- like remarkably good entertainment films for, 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 all, for all ages, because there's something missing that like I say, it, this, this is a good film. You know, I had no, you know, other than kind of like you say, the consistency issues, obviously I, I think there's this, the actual screenplay is clunky. I think it's a great screenplay. Um, I, I really think this feels like a first draft or second draft, which needed to be turned mm. in again. But other than that, you know, I mean, I, I liked kind of uh, where they were going for some parts, but then yeah. my final uh, con- conclusion coming out of the film was, I'm not entirely sure still where we are going. We all know that there's, that there is a legendary duel between Dumbledore and Grindelwald. That's the end game. We know we're getting there. It's been spoken about many times, uh, uh, even before these films, that there was like the duel to end all duels. So we're going to get like that Revenge of the Sith moment, but well, what about the other characters? You know, like Newt Scamander, like Jacob and, and Queenie, and all those other ones. You know, what 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 becomes of them? We know Newt's alive, and certainly by the time of the Prisoner of Azkaban, because he's on the Marauders map. Um, but you know, what where, where do their stories kind of end in terms of where do they plateau in terms of this franchise, this Fantastic Beast series? I don't still don't entirely know where we're going. And at times it feels quite heavy. It's like it's buckling under the weight of its own storytelling. It's trying to tell so much, but so clunkily and exposition heavy that it starts to almost fall apart. Um, but that said, I, I didn't actually mind this film. I think it actually opens really well. The actually opening sh- scene, uh, again, no spoilers, but it involves... Dumbledore and Grindelwald. I think that's a really good scene. Really decent. I wish the rest of the film was like that kind of mm. caliber of performance or just even actually storytelling. It's just really a very decent storytelling to start with. Um, I think we actually get more beasts this time around, but they're not always the focal point of the film. Like again, the kind of central MacGuffin is a beast. Great. Yeah. And, and, and other beasts do get their time to shine. 
and there is one uh sequence that i actually quite thought i actually quite enjoyed which was a a scary scene for the kids i suppose which involved a particularly menacing beast or a collection yeah. of uh, I, I quite I quite enjoyed that scene. So I think the beasts do get their their time to shine, and uh, for the most part, I think this is. Oh, go on. Uh, is my issue with that scene that you're alluding to? It it mm-hmm. felt it's a bit long. Well, it just felt like clunky in terms of its role in the plot. Like it's like, why is this the thing? This was the plan. That yeah, happened? Well, in like, many ways they could have done that particular thing better. You know what I mean? Which yeah. would have been less convoluted or less. Even at OTT, do you know what I mean? As much as I enjoyed yeah. it, it's not hard to look at it and think, that does seem a bit convoluted in terms of how they got from here to here, and they've got to get fire that. It's like, well, especially uh, when, like, it. this movie is supposed to be, like, a heist movie in a way, because they are, yeah. like, they assemble the team, they have a, a goal. I guess heist might be unfair, but it is, like, they have all their own role in a plan that they're playing, and it ultimately pays off like a heist movie at the end, uh, even though it's not, like, a theft, but there is, like... It's a it's an Ocean's Eleven type like shenanigans and it's got that vibe. You kind of well were tempted, yeah. Um, yeah, not well done, mind you. Um, yeah. and in that particular scene, it's like, wait, they orchestrated this happening, and yet this was the plan. And like, there's this guy, and it's like all of it just was like, uh, no, no. I mean, again, is it like is it engaging when you're watching it? I think the performances. Yeah, yeah. I actually like Callum Turner. Um, yeah, I didn't Callum's love him. Good, yeah. I didn't like him in the second movie though, but I liked his character here. They, I don't know, some of it, it does that sequel thing where like some of it feels like it, it also, this sequel is further apart than it was supposed to be. So my memory is definitely lacking on crimes of Grindelwald. Like I hadn't seen it since the theater, like its debut, which was 2018. So it's been four oh, yeah. years since I watched the, the sequel or the pre the middle movie of this trilogy right now. And so I definitely was like, oh, yeah, I forgot the brother was a part of it. Like, I, you know, it was just a whole thing. Um, yeah, and you have to kind of, like, they're loving. I think Jacob, I think Dan Fogler's good in this. He's having a good yeah. time. He's entertaining. And, like, he's he almost becomes one of the co-leads in the film. And um, But, yeah, I mean, the film is it's, it's for everyone. It's for all family members. The scariest part, actually, was when Ezra Miller approached a female character who was by herself. I was like, oh, you want to get out of there right now? Oh, that, no. That douchebag. <laughs> but, um but yeah, I've, you know this. You know, I think they, like you say, I think there's a lot of course correction in this film. They've there are big sequences in it, but it felt like they were trying to drive the characters a little bit more than they had done in the last film. I think Mads Mikkelsen was a great replacement for yeah. Johnny Depp. Whether or not you think Johnny should be there, I'm not here for that. But what we do know is Mads is here. He's great. I think Jude Law's fine. I think everybody's fine for the most part. I just think yeah. that. It's just, it, it feels clunky. It felt yeah. actually as well. It felt again, I'm not, no spoilers, but this, if, if, they, if the studio really wants it, wants it to be, this also felt like it had, you know, they could end it here and it's like, okay, I can end yes. it. And if they really want to revisit certain aspects of what, how it ended, which but they can do. The speculation is that the, uh, number four was not greenlit yet. That oh, was yeah, based exactly. on the box office of this. So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll wait and see if we are getting one, but I do think they did a good job of if, they wanted to they it could cleanly end here and we could be done with this but yeah i mean i don't think they will i think no. this film's going to make enough uh regard i think I, I actually think the score for me the score would be higher than what the critics and fans have given it because i do think this is a genuinely solid film i don't think it needs to be two and a half hours long not many films do nowadays like, there is that annoying push to have like the longest runtime but i think this film could have got away with and we say this a lot on the show and we and i know it kind of may come across as you know um 
uh, yeah, the broken record, but I do think this film could have benefited from shaving 10, 15 minutes here. Even the small changes like that, the, um, the kind of introduction to the third act with the, the scary scene, which we can talk about in a spoiler. I think they could have cut a minute or two from that just to tie it up. There's other scenes in the film, which they could have could either condensed or got rid of entirely and, and save money here or there. Yeah, uh, the problem for me is the writing though, JB. I think the films are good. I, do, I, I think, you know, this one's probably the best one, maybe the first one on, on a par with actually, but um, it, it genuinely is the writing. I think, you know, JK Rowling, you know, she can write these screenplays, but I think they need to be turned over to somebody else to, to polish it. You know, let her have the final say if she needs to, to make sure all the connective tissue is there. But, that they feel like they're unfinished, you know. Like you mentioned, there's a particular character who's listed, but is barely in it, and and it's almost like a somehow Palpatine returned kind of way of why why aren't they there? Oh well, we uh, they're busy. Uh, so, really? Is that, is that it? You know, is that is that how they're going to write around someone either didn't want to come back or the scheduling issues? It's I don't know. It, it felt like it's buckling a little bit. That said, I'm overly negative. I actually had a pretty good time with this. I enjoy being in this world. I like seeing the beasts again. I like seeing Newt having a bit more to do. I thought the characters bounced off each other well. I thought it felt a little bit more grounded than the crimes of Grindelwald. And a lot of that was because of Maz Mickelson's more more grounded, villainous performance, I think. More subdued in a sense, but he, it's Maz Mickelson. He's always got a like, simmering fury behind his eyes. So, you know, I, I actually thought this film was pretty good. If I had to give it a rating right now, I'd probably give it like a six and a half out of ten. Um, but I think with better writing, with a, with, a, with tighter editing, and just a little bit of magic, there's no reason why these films couldn't be pushed up a point or two. Because there's a good story here, John. I just don't know. I don't know. You know what? What? What were the sequels of Dumbledore? I don't know. Maybe mention that in a spoiler review. But there's so much here which I feel muddied the plot, uh, and it doesn't give you a real direction of where we're going, other than Dumbledore, Grindelwald are going to have a fight. That's great, but what about Newt? What about all the other characters? You know, the main yeah. characters. So, I, I, listen, man, I I thought this film was pretty decent. It could have been a lot better. I don't think it's as bad as lots of people are saying. I don't know if there's any kind of backlash attached to this film or not, but I thought it was fine. You know, perfectly yeah. fine. I I feel the same way. I I, I didn't re- actually. I haven't heard much. It feels like no, no one's seeing it from that I know at least. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I haven't heard a lot of people like referencing this or anything but i, I don't know what the box I don't, I don't know what the early um box office for this is because like, it's been out internationally for um a week or so i think it's like uh, oh no yeah it's a franchise low 43 million dollars are open to which isn't a good sign but um 150 million dollars at the international box office to start with so you know it's, it's starting slow but you know maybe it can have legs because of the attached wizarding world franchise I guess we'll have to wait and see, but that's our review of Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Um, not that many secrets, to be completely honest, but okay. <laughs> yeah. um, let's move into our next segment, Chopped Headlines. These are uh, movie or pop culture news that caught our attention. Uh, Matt, you go first. What was the headline for this week? Oh, my headline is by a chap called Brandon Lewis, and it's set and it reads... The Marilyn Monroe movie, Blonde, is like Raging Bull and Citizen Kane. Okay, but uh, that quote is actually attributed to the director of the film. Uh, Director Andrew Dominic has compared his upcoming in Marilyn Monroe, Barpic Blonde, to Hollywood classics such as Raging Bull and Citizen Kane. That, I mean, it probably doesn't take too many 
reasons or raised eyebrows to kind of think, I wonder why he went for that particular headline. That is a one hell of, of, of a claim to be throwing out. Of course, um, Anna de Armas is going to be starring as Marilyn Monroe. Wow. And it's about her, you know, her, her very short, uh, a controversial life. It's an NC-17 film as well. Okay, you know, there's too many of them, but uh, Andrew Dominic, who uh, of course is probably best known for directing the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. He, uh, he had this to say to Collider. He said, uh, Blonde is a movie for all the unloved children of the world. It's like Citizen Kane and Raging Bull had a baby daughter. Well, the whole idea of Blonde was to detail a childhood drama and then show the way in which the that drama splits the adult into a public and private self. Uh, blah, 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 blah. So uh, the rest of it, he's talking about kind of the rational picture and the iconography of uh, Marilyn Monroe. So uh, Rage and Ball, Citizen Kane, they dissect the lives of uh, Jake LaMotta and Citizen Kane is obviously Charles Foster Kane, uh, two famous individuals of their time. So yeah, fine, okay. I can see that side of it. So if you want to like break it down to the, the most simplest terms, yes, it is in that sense, following the life of somebody very famous of their time. However, you, when you say that your film is like citizen Kane, uh, not just raging, but when citizen Kane, then you're setting yourself up for possibly undue criticism and maybe setting yourself up to fail because there will be people critics out there not saying it'll be John or myself, but there'll be critics out there who will now go in expecting a Orson Welles Citizen Kane level film. And Blonde may be that. It's going straight to Netflix. It may be as good as Citizen Kane. Who knows? But, you know, the smart money says it's probably going to be pretty good, but I don't think we're going to be looking back at it saying this is one of the greatest films of all time. I hope to be wrong, my friend, but that you can, I'm sure you can see why that headline caught my eye. Yes. Uh, One thing, and it's not, I'm not trying to correct you at all, but, Citizen Kane does dissect Charles Foster Kane, who is not a real life person, but is based no, on a real life yeah, person. Yeah. Uh, Hearst. I just want for listeners to to it is very everyone knows it was inspired by William Randolph Hearst, who yeah, then yeah. used his media power to shut down the success of Citizen Kane because Citizen Kane was a bomb at the box office because Hearst had everybody trashing the movie. But I, just the context of what he's saying, I think, is important. I I. I know what you're, what you mean. And I know how the article headline, especially, oh, yeah. but I, I do feel like he's, he's saying it's like it in the way it's attempting he's to present story structured. Yeah. Yeah. Which, because when you say, but both those movies are classics, they're beloved. In fact, uh, raging bull is getting a criterion release on in July. Nice. Uh, they just announced, uh, I think today, in fact, um, and I raging bull, I found really hard to watch, not because it's not a masterpiece because I, Jake LaMotta is awful. And like the first chunk <laughs> yes. of that movie is just him being hostile towards women. And, and it's just uh, uncomfortable to watch where I don't have that problem with Susan Kane at all. Like I can watch this mm-hmm. Kane at any moment. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't necessarily think Charles Foster Kane is a good guy, but he has moments. There are definitely scenes in it where it's very hard to watch. Um, not quite to the level of Raging Bull, though, to me. Like, it's partly... De Niro's scary. Like, De Niro brings, like, when he's, like, There's hostile, an intensity, yeah. Y- right. And I, no, no better example than Cape Fear, either, in my opinion, of how, like, in, just in, innately scary he can be. Um, and I don't feel like Orson Welles brings that, that same fear or uh, animosity 
to me at least. I, obviously, yeah, I, I, I could see someone saying differently, but it is an interesting choice, um, especially because Monroe is is a female character, which is you know not been depicted in that way in in these two films that he's used as a framing. Um, and like you said, it's not it's not a good idea to reference your movie to what many critics consider to be the best movie ever made. Just because you are you are making them now, you're giving them a, a, a cheap shot, basically. Like you're you're holding yeah, out your exactly. chin and saying, "Punch me." Um, be- That's it, the problem. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a huge risk, especially. Uh, no offense to Netflix, but that this isn't getting a theatrical release for like this kind of a biopic, like uh, Marilyn Monroe, a beloved icon of the industry. I mean, how many times does she just appear on anything associated with the movies? You know what I'm saying? Like, despite having such a short lived career and life made such an, yes, yes, correct. Uh, she made such an impression to like that. This isn't getting a theatrical run is pretty wild. Um, and obviously I know we're in a different time, so maybe it's, it's better suited to be a streaming thing. Um, they, uh, like you're, if you, if it's NC 17, that's, that's already going to take out some of the theatrical yeah. box office anyways. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I Anna de Armas is interesting casting in that role. I don't think that would be where most people would have gone. Um, I, I feel like they've I been talking. Well, like, I think, yeah. Oh yeah. No, no criticism to her. I, I just think, uh, and obviously Monroe's story has been told in other versions. Cause there is, I haven't seen Michelle Williams, uh, my weekend with Marilyn, right? Is that? Uh, yeah, I haven't seen that. Uh, it's I don't, and but Michelle Williams is a kind of like bullseye casting, in my opinion, as far as like when I think of actresses who remind me of uh, the ability, the one, the caliber of talent to do it, but also like the blonde. She's Michelle Williams is a notice notable blonde actress, so like casting her made a lot of sense. I just haven't seen the movie, so I don't know yeah, yeah. if it wasn't to the level or if it wasn't maybe you know biopics are always slippery territory like how how revealing are you actually trying to be are you looking to show like the are you trying to make them look bad are you trying to like raise them up or elevate them it'll be interesting to see what this does yeah no i think it will be and um you mentioned that this is a a netflix original it's going straight to netflix that kind of links in quite nicely to your headline i think uh yeah it is um because my headline uh, has changed originally, and I am gonna I'm gonna leave the link here if anyone's interested. But uh, the Newsweek was feeling kind of light. Um, Jason Momoa is apparently gonna star in a Minecraft movie. <laughs> wow. um, I I don't know what that is like. Is it gonna be animated? Is he gonna be live action and not pixelated? I don't understand. Anywho, I've dropped that headline. We're not gonna look at that because right <laughs> while starting to record. Uh, Netflix has announced a huge loss of subscribers for quarter one of this year. And their stock has apparently like tanked 25% um, as a result of this loss. Like people are like jumping ship suddenly. Damn. Um, and while the articles seem pretty new, uh, we did have a lot of stuff drop in quarter one with the Adam project bit Bridgerton season two, which I think had a pretty big following. Um, and yet the subscriber dropped and they are apparently expecting it to continue to plummet in quarter two. That's mad. Um, and now the thing is, I, I'm not reading this article because I literally saw the headline and that was enough to get my attention. I'm like skimming through the important details, but let's be real here. Uh, Netflix. Let's think back to what you've done the last three months. Shall we? You increase the prices. 
they have threatened to uh, start cracking down on people who are password sharing, which let's mm-hmm. be real, America, uh, everybody is England. password sharing to a degree. Um, I, I can't speak for England, but Matt is, and Matt is saying the same. Um, and uh, at risk of being in trouble with Netflix, I share a password because I watch a lot of movies and I can't pay for every streaming service. So I pay for some other people pay for other ones and we, we exchange passwords, but guess what? We adhere to their already restrictions. You can only have so many screens at a time. You can only have this, blah, blah, blah. We're still limited to those features, but you know, if, if we cut the cord from cable because it was too much money, we can't afford to pay for all of the streaming services either. The streaming services just opened up an opportunity to share that cable didn't, you know, um, and the threat to crack down on that. Maybe that's why you're losing subscribers. You know, it may not be content. It's probably a little bit of content. Um, it's definitely competition. We have HBO Max. It's to me has a better selection of content. Um, they don't go for more as let like they don't like Netflix gives you so much that you'll never watch. Right. There's so many movies on Netflix that you'll never bother to watch. And they do a terrible job of promoting all of the stuff that they have on there. It's, there's a lot of little things like that. I think hurt them, but like HBO, they have a lot of stuff, but it's almost consistently better quality. Um, Not just their original content, just like the movies that are on there and stuff like that. But then you you got Hulu that's tied with Disney plus. So you get like little perks there. Uh, HBO max, you get a lot of bonus stuff that you don't get on the other ones, including studio Ghibli. Like, the competition's just upped its game. And I feel like Netflix is going to have to maybe merge with somebody. Cause like, if you think I, I have AMC plus, but AMC plus gives me shutter. It gives me uh, Sundance films. It gives me, I think there's another indie like film thing it, with AMC. So you get all of that. HBO max is now going to merge with discovery. So you're going to get all the discovery stuff. I think Peacock has the WWE network. Like all of these other streaming services are, are packaging stuff together. Netflix doesn't even have an option to add like Showtime or anything to yeah. it. Where like Hulu does. So like there's a lot of factors here that I think Netflix while they were the first they haven't really kept up with the times. They've just kind of I think resting on their laurels. Like hey, we're we're the best. It's like you were. But now yeah. Apple TV Plus has won an Academy Award. What about you Netflix? Um, Your move. Yeah. So, you know, I don't want Netflix to go bankrupt. I, I do still like Netflix. I do think a lot of original content's good. I, I have to, it's crazy to me. They think that they're going to lose more subscribers in, in quarter two when stranger things season four is finally dropping. That used to be a guarantee like boost for them. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's kind of shocking to finally see this uh, Titan of the streaming networks um, starting to, to fall. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I think what you said there is bang on in terms of that. You know, Netflix they've been they've been the big fish in the ocean for the longest time, but uh, you know, they, they, as Qui Gon Jin said in the Phantom Menace, there's always a bigger fish, and maybe that time is maybe that time is coming. You rest on your laurels for too long. Ironically, Blockbuster Video did the same thing when, uh-huh. Netflix, and it was Netflix which eventually uh, pretty much ousted Blockbuster. You know, they tried to come back as a streaming service didn't work, but uh, and now. I'm not saying Netflix will go down, but it, you know it's kind of like cyclical in, in that fact that you know, Netflix have been the top of the tree for so long, and they've had these young pretenders trying to take their throne. However, these these other services have have found new ways to engage subscribers to get them on board to keep them specifically. 
mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Netflix. Yeah, they've got the content. They've got content for years. You know, like you said, you're never going to be able to watch all the documentary series, films, and everything else that they put out there. But I mean, for for the longest time, Netflix seemed to be hemorrhaging money, and also their their actual. I don't think their service is is anywhere near the best because of the, simply because of the amount of content they have. I mean, how many times have we said on this show that why can't they just advertise or promote their films properly? You know, rather mm-hmm. than just you know, there's there's so many films on there that. Maybe they can't, but some, they've got so many films on there which they could market better. Even their kind of flagship ones don't always get the best marketing. They get like a, maybe a few YouTube trailers, but that's about it. And, you know, they've fallen behind the times in that sense. Disney Plus, when that opened, they had The Mandalorian and they, people were kind of saying, right, well, what happens when when The Mando uh, season one is over? People are going ha- to stick around. I'm sure some didn't, but most did because they got treated to a pretty concise but quality selection with the promise that, you know, soon you're going to get WandaVision. You're going to get more Mando. You're going to get many more Marvel shows. You're getting original Disney films. You've got the uh, Hulu over there, stars over here, you know, the 20, and then the 20th Century Studios merger happened. And they, and that, and the ESPN as well. So you've got plenty of tie-ins. Apple TV as well. And the, I like everything's about that. Plus they seem to be going for quality quality over any kind of quantity over there and look where it's got them my friend they've got that academy award that netflix has been fighting for for years and to be honest you know could count themselves unlucky not to have won one because some of their films in recent years have been of that kind of caliber like the power of the dog roma uh even the irishman you know they they they're up there for a reason but i do think it's a classic case of they are they've rested on their laurels for far too long and have coasted along on the, on their you know success and domination that they've had and don't really have an answer to it because the competition have been smarter and they've, they, you know, they, they've made the deals that could see them have great longevity. And I think now is a pivot critical period for the Netflix high, higher ups. Cause otherwise, like you say, if they're going to keep hemorrhaging subscribers, if those subscribers are going to the competition, that's only going to spill like catastrophic news in the long run, which will be a shame because Netflix has some great content as well. You mentioned stranger things season four. I mean, that should see a spike. You'd think, but is that going to be enough yeah. in the long run? Yeah, big time. So interesting one though. Yeah, I mean, and breaking news because uh, it literally happened minutes before we started recording yeah. on this Tuesday. I have no so. idea about it. Um, but yeah, that's our uh, headlines for the week. Uh, let's move into what we've been consuming. This is media consumption: movies, TV, video games, music, podcasts, etc. That we use to pass the time. Um, Matt, what have you been consuming since the last time we recorded? Uh, I have been consumpting. I feel like there's more. There should be more on my list, but um, there isn't. So I'll go over what I've been watching. Um, I, uh, I've had uh, my daughter all weekend, so it's been involved seeing the, the, the entire family. And with that, sometimes it's film time. So I sat down and watched The Phantom Menace with my old man and Attack of the Clones as well. You know, the more I see them, the more I appreciate them for the sometimes crap that they are. But 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 I, I enjoy the prequels more and more. The story of the prequels is stunning, but not always in the execution of them uh so you know everybody who knows me knows i'm a big star wars fan so i can overlook a lot of the uh unforgivable moments in those films uh i also watched um dead heat on a merry-go-round for our 1966 episode of movie astrology astrologers will be dropping in may at some point uh that was an uh a film which of which i'll speak about more so when we get to that episode uh but you know bear in mind that i i won't be speaking about it too much 
uh, if that's anything to go by. Uh, I also watched the Ice Adve- Ice Age Adventures of Buck Wild, which is essentially kind of like Ice Age 6, maybe. Uh, I watched that with uh, my daughter. We also watched Encanto Turning Red. I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but Encanto Turning Red, um, Ryan and the Last Dragon, uh, I want to say Big Hero 6, Zootropolis maybe as well so we kind of went through a lot of the modern Disney films as well uh, which is always a joy to do uh, so mostly Disney things or I've been too tired to end up watching films so this week I'm going to be back on the train and I kind of mentioned it last week but uh, just to mention I've been watching Moon Knight just to satisfy everybody out there who hears me every week saying I'm going to watch the new Marvel shows and never do just to reiterate I have been watching all of Moon Knight I think episode I think episode three was good I've seen a few people think it is great others have thought it was a bit of a stumbling but I thought it was pretty good episode three I just enjoy again seeing Oscar Isaac uh, and his kind of like near flawless transitions between characters on on you know in camera on camera uh, and him facing off against Ethan Hawke I think it's great and how the introduction reintroduction of a major character in that episode i think was well done so i know you've seen the first four episodes my friend but i'm intrigued i'm intrigued to where these kind of final half of the season's going so uh fairly fairly easy week for me this week i think this coming week this next week i'm gonna have an awful <laughs> lot more big releases to talk about my friend but uh, what about you what you've been playing listening to watching um so as per usual the blank check podcast uh army of darkness was our episode for this week um good episode uh as per usual uh they're usually pretty good um, I have seen uh, everything everywhere all at once twice uh, since right. the last time we recorded. Um, I saw it on uh, the Friday night uh, that it got to my local theater with my daughter and um, a graduate who is a very close friend of mine at this point. Um, she's also uh, up and coming teacher. And, um, and then I saw it uh, just the, yesterday, the day before this, right after work, I went with two co- uh, coworkers who were both wanting to see it. And I was like, let's go. And they're like, okay. So we did. Um, yeah. and, uh, it was great. I was surprised, uh, both times, Marth- it was in one of the smaller theaters at our, um, at our local theater. And, uh, I think we had about 10 people each time. The first showing though, uh, most of the people were there because I, of recommendations, like there were former graduates, a couple of current students who had went to see it because I'd been raving about it. And so that was always exciting for me. Uh, I'm like, yes, my, uh, my yelling from the top of the mountain has gotten some people. Um, I'm mostly watching, um, 1966 movies right now uh, getting ready for an upcoming episode of another podcast that we do um Oop. but i caught the sand pebbles uh how to steal a million and seven women uh recently um i i gotta say i when when we started looking at the year 1966 and even like normally when there's a year of movies that i haven't seen them i'm like oh well these are movies i've really been looking to watch and i just haven't gotten to that's the opposite of the truth with 1966. Like I looked at the movies both on the notable list and uh, like the top 10. And I'm like, I've never heard of any of these movies. <laughs> and that gave me a lot of concern. And I got to yes. say, I, it's been mostly a pleasant surprise. I've, I've enjoyed most of them to some capacity, even if I have some issues with certain parts of them. Um, they've been very watchable movies. My biggest complaint is what the heck was going on in 1966 that all the movies are three hours long. Like, calm down, 66. There's like five movies in the top ten that are three hours long. Yes. Too much. (laughs) Yeah, that's why I haven't seen so many of them last week. This week, I think it's going to be a bit more uh, heavy on 
on the older films. That's what I, John uh, John Ford's Seven Women was such a, a blessing. It was eighty nine minutes. I'm like, oh my god, finally! <laughs> like every other movie is like at least two hours, and legitimately like, a ninety there are, minute film. Yeah, yeah, especially in the midst of so many three hour movies. I'm just like, well, here goes my day um, watching Sand exactly. Pebbles today. Exactly. Um, and one of them, I think Hawaii is three hours and it's only yep. available to watch with commercials. So it's going to be oh. so freaking long. Like it's going to be literally a whole day. Hey, the um, things we do, the things we do for these shows, guys, you know, we'll, we'll do anything. Yeah. So um, those are the 66 <laughs> movies. And then I'm working through Sam Raimi's filmography. I've seen most of his movies in yep. the past, uh, but I had not seen a simple plan. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton, Bill Paxton and, um, uh, Bridget Fonda, uh, very Cohen's esque. It feels like a Cohen's movie in every way, which is not surprising because I've learned through the Blank Check podcast that the Cohen's and the and Sam Raimi not only were they roommates in the eighties, uh, but the Cohen's wrote Crime Wave, uh, Raimi's second film. Um, no Francis idea. McDormand, Francis McDormand works uh, is in Darkman with Liam Neeson, Sam Raimi's fourth film. Um, so yeah, uh, Simple Plan is clearly like the Cohen's influence, like all over it, um, in a good way. I, I think it's a really cool movie. Um, it was endlessly frustrating, uh, like in in the way it's supposed to be. Like the like the characters are making choices where you're like, please stop doing the things you're doing. And you're like, oh no, um, stop, please stop, no God, why? Um, wild movie that I I had no idea. And the box art, I thought it was going to be like a really like serious heavy drama. And it's definitely not. There is Raimi's kind of weird kind of sense of humor where it's like, man, aren't we screwed up as a culture? Like, just as, like, people, aren't we awful? And you're like, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. It's, I'll go along with that. Um, but yeah, so engaging. And then uh, where, where I'm not watching movies, I have been playing some video games. And I've been... I w- playing might even be a strong phrase. I have been building... in wwe 2k 22 um there's this mode called universe mode and uh they they made the online creation like very intricate like you can make so much stuff and then post it online for other people to download so i've downloaded way too many old school wrestlers like i have like tna wrestlers and i have a and aew wrestlers which i haven't even watched aew but it has a lot of wrestlers i used to like like cm punk is in there now and then um old school WCW wrestlers. I've just downloaded them all. And then the universe mode, you can kind of build your own shows and like put which wrestlers you want in those shows. You can download like titles and people have made some amazing world championships. Like there's a McDonald's world championship, a Taco Bell world <laughs> championship. Uh, currently Matt is the Taco Bell champion. Um, I was meant to ask you about that. Yes. And then uh, currently we are the Sonic and Knuckles tag team champions in my made up uh, TV show that I've called branded which has a McDonald's arena um, and all of the belts are, are food or product sponsored. Uh, and I thought calling it branded was fun. Um, and yeah, we, I made the bloody awesome movie podcast as wrestlers and uh, we're pretty good. We're pretty good. I got to say uh, we will be maybe Great. uploading some video clips or some things of that nature. Um, I don't know. Uh, it, it's a fun game. I really like what the, I, I used to play the WWE games all the time. Like it's been a, uh, I, I used to play Madden a lot too back in the day, but the WWE games have stayed with me where Madden eventually kind of faded off for me. Um, but it's a lot of fun. It's, it's easy to lose like two hours, just like making stuff and not actually playing the game or you're just like, all right, I finally finished picking all of my wrestling moves. Now I have to go to bed. 
Um, so I'm not actually going to get to use any of them in a match because it's time for sleep. But yeah, I have been, I spent a lot of time uh, playing that game. It's a lot of fun. No, JB sent me a video last week um, and uh, it took me a while to get around to seeing. I saw that there's a video from JB and then later in the evening, I finally got around to watching it. And I believe my words were, that is bloody awesome. <laughs> That's bloody awesome. Um, the, the video that JB sent, I was like, this is what a great idea. So yeah, um, I'm sure you'll see, I'm sure you will see some uh, stills, awesome video and all videos at some point come share in the, the bloody awesome uh, tag team champions, which we are going to be currently. I am a taco bell champion, which <laughs> for those who know me, it probably isn't actually too far from, from the truth, but uh sounds like a good week there, my friend and everything everywhere all at once for our UK brethren. May the 13th is dropping. It's finally being confirmed. May the 13th. It was um, a listener to the show and John's uh, buddy colleague, Nikki, told me this uh, today. I've been checking every day, been Googling every day for when does this film come out? The one time I don't do it, the news drops. May the 13th, cannot wait to go and watch it, see what the fuss is all about, and hopefully it drops into my top five of all time, JB. But hey, look, I'll just be content if it's damn good. Yeah, uh, you know, it's going to be. I I can't wait for you to see it. Like, I'm very, very excited uh, for you to see the movie and get to... uh, Tell me what you think, because it's Same. great. Same, my friend. Can't wait. Bring it on. Well, that is basically the episode. Uh, the only thing, before we go, we have to check in to make sure that we are maintaining the levels. And the levels, you say, what levels are you talking about, John? Well, I'll tell you, listener, just hold on a second. We're talking about our bloody awesome levels. You see, it requires constant maintenance we have to make sure that we're running at that, that perfect line. Cause if we go over, if we get too awesome, we explode. If we go under, well, we get bloody one way or the other. We have to just stay <laughs> right in the balance of bloody and awesome. And Matt, I need to know, sir, how are you maintaining your bloody awesome levels this week? Easter, my friend, uh, simply yes. Easter though. I must admit, uh, I may not have been, uh, celebrating the resurrection of Christ as much as, maybe everybody else, but I was celebrating the return of the Easter bunny uh, and bringing in a truckload of chocolate eggs. Not always to me though, but um, no, no, I more so Easter that I, I, I took 10 days off work to spend with my little one and just enjoyed kind of, I mean, Easter is not, you know, it's, it's a holiday. It's not, it's not anywhere like Christmas or, or even like Halloween for the most part for most people now, but um, Hey, look, I enjoy it still nice to get the family together, but more importantly, got to spend time with the Padawan and, every day we're doing something it seemed it literally was um uh so that's the most important thing to me and i had a great time doing it and it was capped off at the end of the week with some chocolate eggs and i've got a whole stack a whole box over there of these uh reese's type things they're reese's but i don't know there's there's like an egg in there and there's uh, six Mm. seven eight bars or smaller eggs in there dude i can't wait to crack that bad boy open and just destroy my diet once and for all but uh no yeah just just it's just the easter break my friend it's how i'm standing bloody awesome it has actually regenerated me gone back to work today but you know i'm ready to you know sad as it may seem to some i'm ready to sit down and just like binge watch some films you know i've had a great week last week now i want to now i want to play some movie games watch some films and talk about them so uh it's it's kind of acted as like a, a recharge as well my man Indeed. Um, I, uh, I love peanut butter, chocolate eggs. Those are my favorite thing in the whole world. Like they, t- and let's not kid around folks. Peanut butter Reese's eggs 
are different than Reese's cups. And I love a Reese's yeah. cup, but the Reese's egg, man, man, it's just so good. There's just so much peanut butter. I just like it so much. Um, I, uh, have been sharing the cinematic experience. I mentioned seeing everything everywhere. Um, all at once, everything, every, yeah, that's right. Uh, so many words. Um, <laughs> Uh, three times in total, and each time I've got to bring someone else with me. I haven't seen it with the same person at all. Um, when I saw it, the first time I saw it with my the editor of Burke Reviews, David, longtime friend, um, and we both loved it. We were both just blown away by it. And then I got to take my daughter. I, I mentioned uh, my student, and again, I had a few other students there, and um, a couple graduates, a couple current students, and uh, getting to like talk to them afterwards and and hearing them say the things that I, I felt, uh, but also, and then, uh, yesterday getting to go with my two coworkers, one of whom is a graduate as well, who now is across the hall for me and, uh, an English teacher, but, um, she was a part of my program for years. Uh, and, uh, I will admit she was a part of the program before Burke reviews, which was when I was like, not that knowledgeable about film, mm-hmm. uh, over the last six years that's I've spent so much time studying it. So it's fun. I think, for both of us to now talk about film and her see like, like, wow, you are way better at this. I'm like, yeah, I think so too. Um, the greatest. And, uh, watching that with her and like hearing her, she was, I think my favorite person to have seen it with because she could not contain some of her reactions. Um, or a lot of other people I think are being maybe too quiet in the movie. Uh, she's not being disruptive or anything, but like, like I knew when she thought something was very funny or when she was like, devastated by something and um because that movie this movie does that uh it just everything um but just this whole experience even more um before the movie uh we were getting popcorn we were buying tickets and getting popcorn so it was me um my graduate who's now a co-worker and my other friend who's also just a co-worker but i met him through work um uh, another patron was waiting patiently for us uh, because our theater, I don't know if your theaters are doing this, but our local theater, you have to go to the concession stand to buy your tickets. Now they've like basically removed the box office from the equation, um, which is a brilliant strategy to make us buy snacks because you're already oh, cool. there. Um, so why not? You know, like, well, I need a ticket. Well, I guess I'll get a popcorn. And, um, but while we're standing there, there's a fourth person waiting and, um, my friend is much more social than I am. He says something to her and she starts talking and I'm like, well, wait a minute. This is a, this is not just some person here to see like Morbius. This is a person who is a movie lover like myself. And, um, I'm not, I'm, I'm very shy. Like I don't like to talk to strangers really at all. Uh, and, but I started talking to this person and, um, she was going to see everything everywhere all at once, which she was lucky because had she said she was there to see Morbius, I would have tried to convince her to go see everything everywhere all at once because that's <laughs> what everyone should see. And, Doing the and not, even, work. not a diss to Morbius. I just feel like not enough people know about everything everywhere all at once. And so I am just telling everybody. So I was like, what are you here to see? And she said, everything. I'm like, Oh, good call. That's what you should be here to see. Uh, I didn't get to find out if she liked it or not. Unfortunately, I, I would have liked to have heard her thoughts, but if you're listening. Let us know. My two friends, though love this movie we stood out after that's my favorite part of going to the theater is the after viewing the standing in the parking lot the standing you know out of earshot of people who haven't seen the movie yet talking about the film and what like what awed you and what like uh and this movie man it just people want to talk about it because it is 
<sighs> it is such an experience. So I can't wait for you to see it. I can't wait to uh, move forward uh, and and more and more people watching it. It's just really, 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 really hopeful uh, that everyone gets to see this movie. Yeah, I, I can't wait, my friend. Um, I usually go to by myself to the theatre, so I don't. Ha- I generally don't have that um, the parking lot conversation. However, I uh, have like a I don't know twenty minute drive home, maybe, which isn't long to some people. But I get to uh, I get to dwell on it then. So I sort of sit. I put some music on. Sometimes I have a sing along, of course, but I get to dwell on what I think, and it gives me a bit of alone time. Though. Um, I must admit, it would, be, it would be nice sometimes to be able to, say, to, yeah. be able to sit down and have a chat. So um thing is, I, by the time I've watched the film, usually JB's still working, and I'm not that much of a yeah. an intruder to ring him up and say, look, just drop what you're doing. You need to, I need to talk to you now about the bad boys or whatever the film's called. So, um But, you know, uh, so that sounds like an awful lot of fun, my friend. And, and I really, really, I think I am going to enjoy this film, but I can't wait for May the 13th so I can finally join in uh, with this general loving that the film was getting i've seen many people generally and i don't mean again i can't i can't big a film up that i haven't seen but i've seen a lot of people critics and you know fans alike saying this is stunning you know, this, this is a this is this is an, a, a great film and for some people have also uh echoed what jb has said that you know this is maybe one of their favorite films of all time on multiple watches and like i said to john earlier on you know feel, you're never going to stop releasing films so, so I don't know why anyone should ever have a, a solid, here's my top 10, it's never going to change because only old films can go in it. No, no way. You know, some some of the best films of all time haven't come out yet. And maybe JB's mm-hmm. already seen one of them. So I can't wait to join in. Indeed, sir. Um, I look forward to it. But that, folks, is our show. Um, we will be back next week to talk about the new Robert Eggers film, the Northman. I've already seen it. Matt's going to get to see it this weekend. Um, tomorrow. Ah, tomorrow even. Um, so early. Uh, I, I will, uh, I may go watch it again. I don't know. I enjoyed it. Um, but you'll hear more of that next week. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. Um, on Instagram, we're bloody awesome movie pod. And on Twitter, we're at BAMP underscore podcast, B A M P underscore podcast. And, uh, you can follow us. Oh yeah, we're on Facebook too. Sorry, bloody awesome movie pocket. Whatever, <laughs> Facebook's stupid. Um, individual socials, BurkeReviews.com for me and at BurkeReviews on all the social media platforms. Matt, where can they find you? Uh, what I watch tonight.co.uk, uh, what I watch tonight on all the socials and the letterboxed too. And don't come at me, Zuckerberg. Um, anywho, <laughs> if you like what we're doing on the show, we ask that you give a five-star rating on whatever podcast catcher you provide. One day I'll do this at the beginning of the show, but probably never as I apparently just skip over the, the very <laughs> bold highlighted text at the beginning of the show notes. We just want to um, talk about the film, man. I do. I just want to jump right into the movies and maybe you do too. And that's why you're going to give us that five-star rating. Cause you just want us to get right to the content. If we have enough ratings, we'll stop asking. Um, with that, we encourage you to keep watching movies and stay bloody awesome. Blood, 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 blood,